0: Can you see, it Did you notice?
1: Arizona but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! The moment's notice,
0: Adamsley. Here, like I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. Just wave the guy and get
1: Demko involved. I wanted him in and down Wow, we should do a radio show together.
0: (laughs) Right on. I want to fist bump you right now.
1: Pearl steals, (laughs) cutting in, shoots,
0: scores. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, at Zephyr Epic, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic.com. Chris, we often get asked who sings our intro song. And by the way, somebody said last week, tweeted both you and I, best intro show of any Vancouver show. Or intro song of any Vancouver show We've we've heard a lot of criticism About the intro song People skip it, we, we don't blame you for skipping it That's fine, like, we're back in studio today And we just had to sit through it It is tough to sit through sometimes For a full minute and a half But it means a lot to us We, we like the intro the way it is Maybe we could do a shortened version at some point But I like it, I like it the way it is The point I'm getting to is <laughs> The lead singer of the band that sings our song Wise Youngblood He pulled a card A special card using Zephyr Epic, using our promo code. You know what? He didn't know about the promo code. No, he He didn't didn't use the promo
1: code. So he has like a TikTok account where he opens cards. And he didn't even know about the promo card. He buys all his cards from Zephyr Epic anyways. So now he's got the promo card because he messaged me that video. And he's like, hey, are you into cards? And like, I guess he hasn't listened to the show in a long time because we tell it every time off the top. But yeah, a one of one Niels Huglander. UD canvas young gun. What a, just a beautiful card. Like that's like, that's a pull of a lifetime. And it's another example of Zephyr epic packs being absolutely
0: juiced. Yeah. It's a one of one. We pulled a one of one. Who did we pulled some like depth defenseman one yeah. of one that played for Minnesota. I remember, I don't remember his name, but we, we pulled a one of one from a Zephyr pack, but then we looked it up. It was like worth like three dollars. That's what we're saying. Like, I wonder what this card's even worth. Well, okay. So what it is for people that don't know and haven't seen the video on Chris's Twitter is, is it's for the UD canvas. So so they have the Young Guns of Hoaglander and they have the Young Gun UD canvas, mm-hmm. okay? The UD canvas is like, it feels different if you like touch it, okay? This is the printing thing that they use to print that card. Yeah. And that, man, like how cool is that? I, it just, it, it was crazy to, to see the back of it because like this is the printing press that's used to do UD canvas Young Guns of Nils Hoaglander. It was like, Whoa, and it's a one of one, and man, just just go to zephyrepic. Use promo code HockeySeason, Capital H, capital S.
1: Yeah, and we're going to talk to the guys. That was um, So that was Kyle. He's the lead singer of Wise Youngblood. And they got a new album dropping at the start of July, I believe, or sometime in July. But we're going to chat with them on the show because they're big Canucks fans. We'll we'll have to talk about opening cards with Kyle when he comes on too. So we're going to do that in June sometime when we get uh, some downtime from the Canucks because I think we're going to change up the intro with one of their new singles as well. So Mm. people love the intro. Maybe they'll even like the new music even better. So I'm stoked for that. It feels good. We're in the studio. For the we first are. time in, has it been like a year? I think Close so. Close to a year. I think so. Oh, man, it feels good to like, not know that we're talking over each other when we're on the phone. Like Now I can talk over you. Yeah, and maybe, now I can talk over you in person. Well, I was going to say, I'm going to talk over you because my voice is louder. So <laughs> it's nice to, to get back to that. Man, it feels good. I think we, we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, with with everything that's gone over the past week for the Vancouver Canucks, and uh, yeah, I don't know where you want to start. You're
0: hosting. Where do you want to go with this, Ray? Right well, off the bat. first of all, I just want to say it's very nice that we're able to stay like ten feet apart from each other. I wish I I might post a photo later to show people how far. Like I'm at one side of the room. You're at the other side. Our 25 foot mic cable. I don't know. I don't know if we've told this story on the podcast, but when we first built our little studio here. And we went to Long and McQuaid and got all our equipment. We like accidentally bought a 25 foot long mic cord (laughs) and we can literally wrap it around the upstairs of where we are and we use it when Harmon comes. It's just hilarious because there's so much, so much room on this cord. So. Yeah, that's, uh, that's nice that we're able to be in the studio and we're able to be far apart, staying safe. But Chris, we do have a Canucks game to talk wow, about. Look at you. You got
1: a rundown for the episode. I we do. never have I rundowns. Have, <laughs> I
0: have a episode plan. This is going to be a good episode, Chris. Oh, yeah. Jack Rathbone makes his NHL debut. We've been beating this drum. I think of me a little more than you for a long time now that he needed to get games in and. I've long made the case that he needs to be playing ahead of all Leo Levy. And I will do that once again on this show, but more on that later, but just your thoughts on Jack Rathbone's debut friend of the show. Absolutely. Two-time guest of the show.
1: Exactly the same as Niels Huglander, actually, uh, man, first period, Wasn't really impressed, to be 100% honest. I I thought he looked a little nervous. I think he looked a little nervous in the first period. Heck, I would be nervous if I was on a pairing with Tyler Myers. I don't care if you're a first-time in the NHL or if it's your your 1,000th game. you got to be nervous if you're playing with Tyler Myers. And... Man, like, yeah, he was he was really thrown to the wolves in a couple situations. I thought he looked a lot better in the second period. Uh, I mean, his skating is going to be the thing that keeps him in the NHL, that and his passing. And, you know, he does a signature move at one point in the game, has a two-on-one where McDavid and Dreisaitl are coming down on him, and they don't score. Yeah, he played well, it pretty well. Good step for him. I mean, yeah, like I said, first period a little bit shaky, probably just a little bit of the nerves, but impressed me. I mean, he didn't blow the socks off of me, but in a similar way to how Cole Lynn's kind of impressed me and not really done a lot yet, I I was kind of in the same boat with Jack Rathbone. Like, he didn't do a ton, but he really didn't, like, look bad at any point in the game.
0: Yeah, I thought in the first period he made some mistakes that didn't end up hurting the Canucks, but, man, did he clean it up after that and even in the first period, like toward the end of the first period, he was, he was get he was showing so much confidence and that's what fuels his game, right? Just even watching him do that fake slap shot move that we've seen at every single level for him to pull that we off. In talk his to him game. about
1: that and be like, do you have a name for that? Cause like that's yeah. his move, right? We'll,
0: we'll give, we'll give, we'll give it a name if he doesn't have one. Yeah,
1: I think so. We can, we can work something out with him in the off season to get that going. But, uh, yeah, I mean, really looked good. Like, moved the puck well, defended well, defended, defended well, really well. I mean, the thing that's going to hurt him at the start, and this is going to be, this is a huge reason why we've been banging the drum for him to get games so much right now. He needs to see how different the physicality is in the NHL. Yeah, he, that's got, he got dropped point. twice. Yeah, it's his weakest point, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's
0: but he still made the fair. play. He right. still made the play. Like totally. he, he did get dropped, but he did make the play. So it's like. Do you you really care if he gets dropped? He made the play.
1: (laughs) Well, it's not even just that. It's just how he's going to use body positioning, right? Like, that's this is a huge lesson for him to learn here. And it's the same with Cole Lind, to me. Like, Cole Lind, you've seen him now, like, in his, what, third game now? He's he's looking a little bit more physical. He's throwing the body around a little bit. That's the type of player that he's going to have to be to stay in the league. We'll talk about Lind, I'm sure, later. But with Rathbone, you see it, like, he's still small. Like, he's still very small, right? Like he's he's got space to fill out like he's not he's not tiny he's not you know five foot eight but he's still a smaller guy that's going to need to fill out a little bit but a little bit of added muscle in another offseason is exactly what this kid's going to need but getting into game action this year like i was at the point where i was wondering if it was going to happen or not right just the way that we weren't really seeing prospects get put into the lineup it was worrying me that he was just sitting up here he sat on the taxi squad for so long got that little run in utica uh but to see him get into NHL game action and not look out of place, that's a huge win for, for the Rathbone supporters out there. The boners, you
0: could call them. We're not going to call them that. What? Come on. No, no, we're not going to call them that. I, do you think he pl- comes out of a game this season? Do you do you think he plays the rest of the season? Because I do. I think he plays the rest of this season. No, I think he comes out at some point. For who? Do you think Chatfield or levy is going to give you more? No, but I, I
1: think that Yolevi comes in. They're still back to backs. Like, there's still two back to backs for the fair. rest of the season. And to just completely forget about Ole, Ole Levy would be a mistake, too. Because yep, there's fair. still potential with Yolevi. It's just, you know, Yolevi's like, well, you wouldn't know this because you've never gone camping before, but it's like Levy's like trying to start a fire with wet wood. And you got to dry the wood out a little bit. And it's just, and then you can get your fire going. Then you have an NHL defenseman. With Jack Rathbone. Like he's ready to go. This is some some dried cedar, which is ready to burn, and he's just gotta hop into the NHL and get right after it. With Yo Levy, there's still a lot that he has to learn about his game, I think, to be a successful NHL player when to me Jack Rathbone knows what he is. Like he's going to be the guy who progresses into being, you know, the Quinn Hughes light, I think. Right. Like that's the kind of easy way to describe the way that he's gonna play is he's gonna do a lot of similar things that Quinn Hughes does, probably at not the same level, just because Quinn Hughes, I mean, the way that he skates around with the puck and moves it, like I just don't think you're going to ever get that out of Rathbone, but that's not out of the question either. I mean, if this kid... I think Rathbone's slap shot, it just it looks so good. It's like, really good. It looks good. It's got pop off to it, and man, when he really gets that little bit of extra size that I think we're going to see over this offseason and just see the evolution of his body moving it onto the ice and being able to bring that... Just a little bit of, of maturing from him is going to just do miles and miles to his game.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that. That's why I say Rathbun shouldn't come out for the rest of the season, Chris, is because, look, next season, or in the off season, Alex Edler's going to be a UFA. You don't want Alex Edler coming back to play in your top four. Like If you want to compete next year, which we, we hope the Canucks do, they should be trying to compete next year. You don't want Alex Edler in your top four. You can't go into next year with Alex Edler in your top four. Not after what happened this season and what you've seen from him this year. It's not it like Alex Edler on your bottom pairing is perfect. Like that that's that's a solid bottom pairing. If you have Alex Edler there on like a two, two and a half million dollar deal, that's mm-hmm. perfect, you know? Veteran leadership, all the all the intangibles, perfect. Checks all the boxes. I don't think he comes in over two next year. Yeah, no, I, he'll be I don't back. think so. You yeah. know he'll be back. There's no way. Yeah, but exactly. I don't think
1: he comes in over two. I don't exactly. think he needs yeah. over two.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I yeah. think that's fair. Um, But my my main point that I want to drive home is that this guy is not going to be... In, this guy shouldn't be in your top four next year if you want to compete. Like, we cannot go into every year talking about, oh, if Alex Edler and Chris Tanev, Travis Hamanick this year, didn't get injured then the Canucks would make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, there was that old botch tweet from 2017 or 2018 or whatever (laughs) that's like, the year is 20... It's February 2021, and the Canucks' playoff hopes have been derailed from injuries to Edler and and Tanev. And at that time, uh, Edler and Hamanick were both out, and the Canucks were losing games. So, you know, all I want to say is, when I look at the two defensemen, Yolevi and Rathbone, when I look at their ceilings, one is a clear top-four defenseman, one is not. And I think you can figure out who I'm talking about here. And if you want any hope of going into next year with Rathbone playing proper top four minutes, and he, he, he played against some pretty tough competition last night. That was his debut. I think this is a guy that Travis Green's going to trust. He's not going to be playing the same prescribed minutes as you levy. I think he's going to be given more of a role uh, at five on five. I think we're already starting to see that. that. That's why I think just in terms of winning now, which Travis still wants to do and your future and going into next season there there's no reason not to put Rathbone in all these games because he he is the guy that if he pans out he's going to be a top four defenseman that's just not the case with Leo Levy. the tough the tough thing is like looking at the pairs next year what yeah, they could that be is, right like yeah.
1: looking at what the pairs are going to be next year you're going to get you know i think i think we brought it up you know like a, a week ago or so but like Hamilton coming back is is a major yes right yeah. i mean after that that slow maybe seven game stretch where Hamannik didn't look good with Hughes. They're in sync now. Like yep. I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be happy to see Hamannik sign another one or two year deal with the Canucks just because I think that the simple guy to play with Quinn Hughes is a right shot defenseman who does what Hamannik does. Like he, you know, it's the Chris Tanev model pretty much, right? I mean, that's what you're going to get. But then let's look at the pairs after that. So that's going to be your first pair. You look at your second pair. It's going to have to have Schmidt on it, right? Yep. Schmidt's going to be the next best defenseman. Is it Yo levy that plays there? Because I don't I don't think it's going to be Rathbone. I think Rathbone's going to have to stay with with Tyler Myers Dude, on a third a, pair. But then if Edler's back, he's playing with Schmidt. And there you are. You're back to having Edler in your top four. Yeah. But, but I think as the season goes on, you get a chance if Rathbone and Myers start to click, that can sort of become your second pair. But then it's like, that's the problem, because it's like you don't really have a top four because you have yeah. like your three best defensemen who are likely you know, Quinn Hughes on the first pair, Nate Schmidt's probably your second best one on your second pair, and then Myers, like, I wouldn't say best, but he's most used. Yep, yep. And You you have your top three most used defensemen. None of them are playing together. Yeah. They're all on different pairings, which is, I guess, okay if you can trust Jack Rathbone to play lots of minutes some nights when that when that pairing's going, but that's kind of how I see the the pairing shaping out next year,
0: and that leaves only Alevia on the outside, but him coming into next season, yeah, that's like, that's a thing. Okay, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Which which it was funny we were talking about not talking over each other. Yeah, during the No, studio. we can do it now. We because, are doing like, it. Yes. yes, totally. Okay, what about Oli Levy's game and his deployment this year makes you think that he could ever ever come into next season playing top four minutes? Like, not a Travis Green's the coach, and you know he's a good coach. Okay, we we've talked about this numerous times on this show. Oli Olevi just it's not there for a top 4 defenseman and if you're penciling in your O'Leavy into the top 4 for next year i'm sorry you just you're you're not icing a competitive team you're but not
1: the way that he does get in the top 4 is if Edler's not back
0: yeah but cuz Edler makes you know O'Leavy makes more sense with Schmidt than Rathbone does with Schmidt but you Schmidt. don't want to put you don't want to put O'Levy in because Edler's not there because that's just taking a step back. Like, I would rather have Edler in that spot than Yulevi. Like, I'm all for not putting Edler in the top four. But man, if it's between Edler and Yulevi, like, Yulevi can't play top four minutes. Your your thing cannot be that, oh, I'm a defensive defenseman who can snap passes every once in a while. And that's what Yulevi is. Oh, but by the way, I can't pivot or defend the rush. Look at Jack Rathbone last night, Chris. There were no times last night where he was getting lost in the defensive zone. He was tracking his man, and then he's able to use his skating to quickly get back into position. Yolevsky looks lost in those same scenarios. Like you have to go back and watch Jack Rathbone shift, and he wasn't even spectacular. The bar is so low for bottom pairing defensemen on this team, Chris, that Jack Rathbone just completely soared over it. And I'm sorry, it's just I I don't see a future for Levy here. I, I I just don't, especially in the top four. I I still do. I still do see. I don't know about top four,
1: but I think that there is a future for him to be. That penalty killing guy who basically replaces Alex Edler, maybe a seventh, seventh or like six or seven, maybe. I I think he can get to be a four still. I just think that uh, no way. We haven't we haven't seen Yo Levy get to the
0: peak yet. Like he is still but what's so low. He, okay, like I, I'm not trying to rag on the guy because yeah. I think this is partly because of all the surgeries and injuries he's had. Totally, he cannot pivot, Chris. Like the dude cannot skate. He can't defend the rush. You cannot play top four minutes in the NHL in the Pacific Division. Where Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are always bursting down on the wing on you. You can't you can't play real minutes in this division in this league if you can't do that and Yulevi can't. Like he has to play these prescribed minutes because he cannot defend against the rush. And I I just I don't I don't see that improving unless he gets some crazy skating coach. Like I don't know what it's going to take, but right now what I'm seeing from Yulevi is that he is never going to be a top four defenseman.
1: I think that there's a lot that he's learned this year from getting to play NHL games. There's a lot that you has been able to learn this year. And like I said, his development, like it's just starting. I know that he's a little bit older than Rathbone. You know, I think only one year older than Rathbone, yeah, yeah. but his, his development's still just starting because he really didn't get a chance to do any development between the age of 19 and 21. Like he wasn't able to develop at all. And now that he's here playing NHL games, I still take that as a big win like not looking at it from the whole situation but looking at it from this season I still think you Levy's a big win for the Canucks it obviously the draft pick you take that that's bad it's not great to see what he's been able to do but looking back for the past couple of years and knowing what we know from the past years of his injuries and what's kept him out what's hurt him when he's actually been on the ice like I don't take a lot of those games in Utica because he just wasn't healthy yeah totally he's been healthy now And now he's seeing like, wow, there are things that I really need to improve on with my skating. Because when he was, you know, a junior player playing with Finland in the U-20s, he was excellent. He looked like he could skate. He could keep up with everyone. His passes were great. Just snap the puck up to Pui and and line A and let it happen on that Finland team. But now that he's seen the NHL and seen what it feels like to have Connor McDavid come down on you, to have Austin Matthews fly down the wing on you, like there's such a big learning curve that needs to happen this offseason due to what he's learned from the season and i think that that's going to make a huge difference in actually seeing the development of all levy start very fair if you're getting a guy in your levy who isn't going to be a top four defenseman which you know if you're looking at it right now with rathbone and your both of them side by side you got to think rathbone is going to be the top four guy uh, out of the two just not not just from the the game that we saw Rathbone play in, yeah. but just the way that he's developed and the way that he yeah, looked exactly. in the AHL and everything that he did, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's the thing with you. is like, he does still have a chance to play like a top four, but be your bottom pairing guy now, because you have Rathbone and Hughes, you don't need to ask you. to be the top four guy anymore. He just needs to be a support defenseman who can play in the top four in a pinch. And that's kind of what I'm still hoping that you can be. And I, I don't think that his career is like lost. It's just been hurt so bad from all the injuries. Like it's it's absolutely just been sidelined for the development in some crucial years that this offseason, if he's able to really do something in his game and come back next year, do you need Edler? Like that, but I think he has to be here. It's a similar spot with Holtby, right? Like we didn't know if Thatcher Demko was gonna come in and be a a number one starter this year. I'm not saying that Yo is gonna come in and be a number one defenseman, but if he comes back next year and is able to just improve on his game from the things that he learned this year, he's going to be a help for this Canucks team moving forward. He's not hes not an absolute bust like a lot of people projected he was going to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, i the thing is, like, I think he can be useful. But like I said, I think it's going to be in a 6-7 role when everything's said and done. I don't think he's going to be able to play real top four minutes. It's similar to Stetcher. Like, Stetcher could not play top four minutes long term like he was able to step up and he was a great bottom pairing defenseman I think you'll gonna be worse than Stetcher I, I do like I, I don't I think, think that's, that's what you
1: want to aim for with him though you want him to be the left-handed Troy Stetcher it's really too bad he's not right-handed because oh you know, man going out next year would have been nice to see Rathbone and you yeah. I wonder if you can play the right side eventually too like I don't know that's a lot to ask and in Utica he played the left side with a left side guy on his partner for the right side so like it's a lot to ask for him to do it, but he's been around situations where he's seen how it works. It's a lot to ask, but like if if that's the thing that's going to help him stay in the NHL, he has to do it. So if he can, you know, take what he's learned this year, take it into next year, I, I'm not giving up on Yo Levy hitting the peak of being a number four, ain't a top four guy. But he might be a number four.
0: I see what you. Rathbone mean. could be a top four. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just the thing is when I look at next season, right? And I look at next season's outlook, it's like you said. Like if you you can't come back with your levy because you let like you can't let Edler walk and be like, well, Yo gonna be able to step up. Or Rathbone's gonna be able to step up. Like, man, big fan of Rathbone. That's no secret, but we don't know if he can play top four minutes next year. Right? Like, that's why you need to continue to get games in for him. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's why Rathbone needs to keep playing because you really, like, you'll let, okay, like you said, Levy knows what he needs to work on now. So now let him go work on it in the off season. Go to training camp. See if he's come back stronger. It You're actually not,
1: might be better to not play Yolevi. That's now what Now that I'm, I'm thinking back, like, if he's like, oh, snap, look at this guy coming in, it's pretty much same age as me, a year younger this guy's going to come and get a spot over me. Exactly. Like, I got to work my ass off now. Like if he doesn't come back for another game, if it's Rathbone the rest of the year, you know, that, that might push you levy even more in the offseason to do something, uh,
0: man. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to stoke any fires here, but Travis really likes Rathbone. Like Travis loved Rathbone last night. That's, that's what it really sounded like in the post game. Uh, when he was talking about him, the ultimate hype man, Travis green, um, yeah, I like. I think it just makes sense in the here and now, and I think it really makes sense in the long term to get Rathbone. And even like you just said, even for Levy, it makes sense for Rathbone to play all the games from here on out because you're you're able to kind of throw Rathbone in, see what he can do in an actual top four role. Like you can you can toy around with his minutes a little bit. You know what I mean? And yeah. even in his debut, he was trusted. Like like that that rush against McDavid and Drysettle. Like, listen, we didn't hear the same verbiage and the same words when Travis is asked about putting your levy against McDavid and dry settle. But in his pregame, he said, I'm not going to be afraid to put Rathbone against top pairings. And that's his first game that he's saying this. And sure enough, he's out there and man, I just, I, I think in the here and now and the long term, it just makes more sense for Rathbone to play all the games from here on out. It does. And I just, I look at the defense core moving forward. I think your is a crucial piece of it because
1: Look at the four guys that are going to be here moving forward. in Quinn Hughes, Tyler Myers, Nate Schmidt, and who am I missing? And Jack Rathbone. All very offensive guys, right? I mean, Myers is not good defensively. Schmidt has, has made a lot of big mistakes this year in his own zone. Hughes has taken a big step back defensively this year. And Jack Rathbone, I just don't know if he's ever going to be big enough to really, like, lean on guys around the net and be that good. He's got a great stick, great stick around the crease, yeah. great stick defending on two-on-ones. But you look at those guys, and it's like, those are four really offensive guys on your back end. You know, that's why Travis Hamanick feels like an easy, easy signing for me moving into next year. And that's why Levy's potential of being a defense-first guy can help this team so much moving forward because all the defensemen they have are offensive guys. You, you need a little, you just, you need two guys in your top, if you're six defensemen like you need two guys that are just going to shut her down or like shut her down on the back end and hold things down and be good in your defensive zone and specialize in that not only for the penalty kill but just at five on five and letting the other partner be able to do his offensive things so that's why i think that you'll levy potential for what he can hit as a defensive guy is actually pretty important for the canucks moving forward not as important as rathbone being that that guy who can push to be pushing tyler myers out of the second power play unit right i mean i you know, it's going to be tough for him to get there. I think that's a spot where Rathbone looks his best is on the power play unit. Looked great with Utica this year, but man, you got Nate Schmidt in front of you. You got Tyler Myers in front of you. It's going to be a hard time for Jack Rathbone to get any
0: power play time. So he's going to have to do a lot of his offensive damage at of five on five. Absolutely. The only thing I wanted to mention though, is, you know, we're talking about your levy being this defensive defenseman. I'll just say it again. Like, I haven't seen anything that that makes me think that he can be a defensive defenseman at the NHL level. Like if you're if you if that's your role and you're a defensive defenseman, you need to be able to defend against top competition. Yeah, You has been even been tested. the easiest matchups, and he hasn't excelled. Like he hasn't even excelled no. in that. So I just I'm sorry until I see something, and I, I, I'm right there with you. Great, I hope he improves this off season. Hope he comes back and he's Chris Tanev. That, that'd be great. If he came back next year and he's this defensive specialist and he can actually play these minutes, that's great. But there's no point sitting here saying, oh, they, they need to keep levy because if he turns into this defensive specialist, he's going to be helpful. Because we haven't seen anything that suggests that that could be anywhere near possible. So I just honestly, I, I don't see it yet. I, I, I haven't seen anything from Levi that suggests that he can be that.
1: I think that the thing that I've seen in his game that I like is, and it's something I brought up a lot with you, is just his in-zone defending. I mean, he's he's playing with Tyler Meyer. You saw it last night with Jack Rathbone. Tyler Myers going rogue and just running into corners, chasing guys to the point, and Rathbone's like stuck around the crease by himself trying to defend. That's the same thing that happens to Ole Olevy Ole a lot, right? And that's that's going to be the tough part for Rathbone and Myers as a pairing because Rathbone isn't that stand-up defensive guy. You know, and Myers is just, like I said, he goes rogue. He chases guys to the points. He goes into corners. He he comes to the wrong side on the ice and just, you know, lays down at times for no reason. Like he's taking a nap. And it's like Rathbone needs to be able to to kind of like join rushes and, and do things that Tyler Myers likes to do. So that pairing that we're not likely to see next year because it's going to be interesting to watch that battle in camp next season. But that's a that's a very possible third pairing starting next year would be Tyler Myers and Jack Rathbone. And like, it's great to get a veteran with Jack Rathbone for sure. Tyler Myers has played a lot of hockey in the NHL for a long time, but he's not a great guy to jump in that. He's not like, like when Quinn Hughes came in and had Chris Tanner beside him, what a perfect spot to be in. You know, if you had another Chris Tanner or if you had somebody else that could play with Quinn Hughes, and you've got Tyler or Travis Hamanick back there with Jack Rathbone on a third pairing. I love that too. Yep. You know, if you can find a guy that can play with Quinn Hughes that, you know, Tyler Myers has looked okay with Quinn Hughes at times. Right. I mean, it, it's tough because like you have these guys and I just mentioned it, the four offensive players that you kind of want a little bit of balance for Rathbone. And I just don't think you're going to get that with Tyler Myers as his partner.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I was actually going to bring up moving Hammonick back there. But the only thing with that is you really don't want to mess with Hughes-Hamanick pairings mojo, right? Like, they've right. just found it, too. And Hughes was just talking about this. I can't remember where I heard him talking. But if if
1: you have Rathbone coming into next year, like, the idea that we floated last offseason in this studio with Harm was Nate Schmidt and Quinn Hughes together. And is that a possibility moving into next year as your first pairing? Because you know Schmidt, maybe he improves a little bit defensively. I mean, he's he's not bad defensively. Yeah, I think
0: Schmidt's been Schmidt's been fine. It's just he, yeah, he needs
1: he, his mistakes are just so big. Exactly, they're huge. Yeah. They're huge mistakes exactly. when he makes them. But that I think that needs to be explored a little more into next season. If you can get Hamannik to play on a third pairing with Jack Rathbone, with Nate Schmidt playing with Hughes, like that's it's not like it's like remember when we were talking about it in going into the season and we're like. You know, maybe when you're down, you put Hughes and Schmidt together and, yeah. they, and they do all this offense for you. Why not have that all the time now? If you have Jack Rathbone coming in as a guy that you can trust, why not put the Schmidt pairing back with Hughes and see what happens? We've seen it at times this year. It's obviously not taken off and caught fire like we thought, but we've really not seen it a lot this yeah. year at all. Exactly. So I wonder if that's potentially something you can go into next year, but it's like it's hard because it, things are starting to look a little bit better with Hamannick and Hughes together as a pairing.
0: Yeah absolutely okay we're gonna cut to break on the other side we're gonna talk about the ahl affiliate moving to abbotsford we're gonna talk i i do want to talk about this i know this is canucks conversation we're gonna talk about the whole new york rangers george peros thing as well we're gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of stuff on the other side of the break so keep it locked keep it loaded on the canucks conversation
1: all right you guys all know about Parallel 4.9 beer from our commercials here on the show. And now we have a new announcement. Hello, Peach Bod. That's right. It's not all about the Beach Bod this summer. It's all about the Peach Bod this summer. This one's an interesting one, folks. A sparkling peach ale. So you're getting a beer with peach flavor on it, but it's also high in carbonation. It's definitely a different one, and I highly recommend going out there and giving it a try if you're into a peach flavored beer. And that's something you know I'm pretty damn into. I gotta get out and try it myself pretty soon here. I will report back on the show about this. Uh, so go out there and try the peach pod for yourself from Parallel49beer. Check them out on Instagram at parallel49 as in the numbers, and then beer, that's parallel49beer. And be sure to check out their website for more information about how you can get beer through Uber Eats. That's right, through those food delivery apps. Uber Eats, you can get your delivery from Parallel49beer. Be sure to check out their website, parallel49brewing.com. That's parallel, the numbers 49brewing.com. The
0: pandemic and a slow economy are making it tough on a lot of people to find steady, good-paying work. But one industry is bucking that trend. Construction companies are hiring and need more workers than ever before. Upload your resume to icba.ca and get noticed. With more than 3,000 employers on our ICBA team, our employment network can connect you to businesses crewing up. The 2021 construction season trades jobs that pay well, offer excellent benefits, invest in safety training, and give a firm career foundation. Check out icba.ca/jobs. All right, and a massive thank you to all of our sponsors at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. Again, I do want to mention Chris. If anybody is out there wants to advertise their business, reach out to us. We said that on the last week's show. We got someone. We're, we're, we're talking to someone right now, which is uh, a lot of fun. We have an advertisement package now, which I, I created. I'm pretty proud of it. I don't know if I, I, I sent it to you, but pretty official now. Um, but the one thing I wanted to say, and th- this was something we were just talking about off air, but I want to say it on, on the show because it is sports related. The New York Yankees and the New York Mets are giving free tickets to people if they come get vaccinated. It, it, so if people go get vaccinated <laughs> at Yankee Stadium or wherever they're doing it, the Yankees and Mets are giving free tickets to people. Wow. I think people would like give up Canucks tickets or like pay right now to get the vaccine because of how slow our rollout is. Yeah, I can't believe
1: it. Like I, 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 there's one at BCIT, like I'm at BCIT this week doing sports updates and there's nobody in line to go in there. I, th- I thought that the lineups would be insane. This is like the first one that I've seen, a vaccination center I guess that's what you call it, right? Yeah. It yep. feels right. Um, and like I can't believe the lineups aren't longer for people to get in here. I I feel like they're not I don't know. Yeah, we definitely should I don't have sex. yeah, we're not going down yeah, this road no because kidding. we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> And I don't want to try and sound like I'm talking right, but like I hear my girlfriend talk about it, and yeah, it's not going great. No, still it not. it's it's getting better. It feels like, but it's still yeah. not going
0: great. But it's all about supply, right? And we're not we're not going to get into this. Well, just... Let's
1: go to New York. Let's get some tickets. Go yeah, watch I a game. I was going to say, if we just go to New York, yeah. we can
0: get a free Yankees game and a vaccine. Like that sounds pretty freaking awesome, right great. now. Great, yeah, yeah. Which is the crazy part, because then all those people that get vaccinated then go to a game where their vaccine like hasn't kicked in yet. You know what I mean? Like it's like tickets for the next day or whatever. Uh, anyway, anyway, let's uh let's not talk about COVID. We're almost done having to talk about that every week on the oh, podcast. So, let's uh let's get closer to those days. Um the one thing we need to talk about and I said we were going to talk about this before the break and then during the break, the New York Rangers fired Jeff Gorton. Oh my gosh, how did I forget the guy's name and their president? I don't know why I've just forgotten his name. But Jeff Gorton, their GM, fired uh, which was bizarre, to say the least. It's, okay, yeah, John Davidson, their president, and Jeff Gordon, Gorton, with a T, their GM. That That's bizarre, Chris. And, you know, it, it absolutely has something to do with the events of the last 48 hours. The Rangers putting out a statement directly calling for George Peros' job as head of Department of Player Safety. That was, that was a... They came out swinging in that statement, dude. Like it was, it was not a statement that you expect from an NHL team, especially an original six team. Like that meant something, Chris. And yeah, okay. This from Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet. Like many of you, I assume this had to do with the events of the past 48 hours. I don't believe Davidson Gorton had anything to do with last night's Rangers statement. It was Dolan driven, the owner. However, there is word Dolan was unhappy with, his, with this New York Rangers season and wanted to make a change. Seems crazy to me because they have come a long, long way in two years, but he's the owner. Just bizarre. Like, it's bizarre, Chris. And... I'm I'm sure Francesco Aquilini's, uh mentions right now, and just looking at Twitter, uh, everybody is tweeting at him to hire Jeff Gordon. Um, but we're we're not even going to entertain that idea on this show because it's just we got a long off season quad. Yeah, exactly. We got a long off season. Yeah, to do exactly. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that was interesting. And in my show notes, I had a show plan. I was just gonna t- we I I have here Ranger statement, Rangers incident, and. I'm sorry, like, I haven't really talked about this publicly yet because, you know, writing at Canucks Army and whatever didn't do anything for DFO on it. That suspension, I choose the word suspension, that fine, that punishment for Tom Wilson, was that did not fit the crime at all. And it just opens up so much for players to just think it's open season on star players, and you can just do stuff like that. And oh, my gosh. Just the people out there, you know, Ryan Whitney, Jeff O'Neill, these people that are like, "Oh, pigeons! Ah, oh, everybody's a crybaby." Look, I know I didn't play in the league, but John Scott did, and John Scott came out and had some very pointed words, and he's right. Like, like he was absolutely right. He just he was basically saying like, that's not only is it gutless to do what Wilson did, but the 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 suspe- the crime. They're the punishment does not yeah. fit the well, crime at all. What's, like at all. I yeah. just he's ragdolling Panarin. Panarin's head's like an inch from the ice with no helmet on. Panarin gets hurt on the play, he's done for the season, and he doesn't get a suspension. And the yeah. thing about it, Chris, is if Panarin like laid there motionless from the exact same exact same incident, okay? If he laid there like motionless and didn't get up, 100% there'd be a suspension. But it's like you're still putting a player in a position where he could be in a position to get hurt like that and lay there motionless away from the play after the whistles have gone and he doesn't get a suspension. So if someone does that same thing and there's a different outcome, exact same thing, because there could have been a different outcome. That could have been a lot worse. Then there's a suspension. I'm just... You can't well, look
1: at the Edler thing because exactly. he's injured. It's a, it's a suspension and that's, that's Two not games. the way it should be because it opens up the door to keep doing that stuff. And you know what? John Scott said it best. Like he, he's a player. He played, he played that role that Tom Wilson thinks that he is like, did you see him in the penalty box? What an idiot. Oh, don't, don't what even, get me, idiot. Don't even get me started. 50 pounds on Panarin, five inches on Panarin. And he's doing that to him. If <laughs> you think you're tough, what an idiot. And John Scott, what I, what I thought was important about what John Scott said, and his, his video was really good. I thought that his video yeah. was very well put together. I mean, it slipped up on a few words, but we all do that here and there. <laughs> but what he mentioned was like, I think near the end of the video, he said something about, well, if, if that doesn't get suspension and that's a $5,000 fine, he's like, you can do whatever you want. He's He said, if I was in the game still, he would do whatever he wants to the stars. And it's like... He knew that it was wrong, but he knew that as his role as an enforcer, he'd be able to do that. I just don't think Tom Wilson understands that. Understands, like, the right way to be an enforcer if you are going to be an enforcer. And, and the role almost out of the game, right? Like, the role of enforcer is pretty much out of the game. You know, now you just have idiots like Tom Wilson. You know, and, man, I, I just... It started with just the punch on Buchnevich, which was brutal. And that was that, I felt like that was suspendable enough. A guy face down on the ice, like both of his shoulders down on the ice, his face kind of sideways, and you're punching him in the face? That feels like a suspension in its own. And then to grab one of the best players in the world. Like, this is one of the NHL's top stars in Artemi Panarin. And you're going to slam him without his helmet onto the ice? That was prob- the most disgusting thing I've seen this year probably on the ice from a hockey player. And I, I just, yeah, I no respect. I think, um, it was a in, in the, uh, post game yeah. after who said it like zero respect for that guy, you know, like, yeah. and it's just like you, it's like what you just said too. I mean, if the NHL is not going to police it, then the players are going to do something. And then it's just like, now we're back to talking about the freaking code.
0: Yeah, I now like, we're now we're talking about Wayne Simmons jumping Alex Edler, but even in that scenario, it's like the league stepped in, gave Edler suspension, that should have been the end of it, but it wasn't because of the code. And now so now the code says like multiple people are going to jump Tom Wilson, now you're going to put in your might biggest guy. Yeah. Like yeah. now Tom Wilson might get hurt. And it's well, like, I mean you know, okay, I I know I know he's a he's a you know what he did was wrong That
1: picture of him standing in
0: the yeah I get it I get it but uh. with what we know about like brain injuries and head trauma you don't want something happening like the Steve Moore incident right like you don't want anything happening like that to any human being but it's the the NHL is putting him in a position to have that happen like there needed to be a way for the league to make sure that Tom Wilson wasn't playing tonight even if it was a one game suspension which would not have killed them to to dole out to him you know then he's not playing against the Rangers tonight but here we are he is in the lineup against the Rangers and he's going to be put in a dangerous position it's going to be dangerous also i wanted to mention it's funny when you like come out and call players that are like that are huge idiots cuz I, I wouldn't do that cuz i'm like I, I can never take that guy but you like probably well, could take tom wilson what it would have been like it it seriously would have been like
1: if you and me were on the ice like and me picking you up and slamming you like it's i mean the weight's like a little bit different <laughs> but like not much different than what Tom Wilson is from Panarin from size yeah, difference. I wouldn't like, appreciate that. No, like it would not be a fair thing to do. And just, I, I know this doesn't, this isn't like the main point of the problem. Like the problem is Tom Wilson, but wow, what a, what a bunch of egg on the, on the NHL's face from, from not protecting Artemi Panarin who's out for the season. That's the thing the is, thing is people like, normally yeah. this, this stuff happens and it's like, Oh, imagine if it was Connor McDavid that he did it to, it was Artemi Panarin. Yeah, like one of the top five players in the NHL, probably. Yeah, and they did nothing to protect him. The NHL did nothing. Good on the Rangers for calling him out. And i It's too bad that they got fired. There's a lot of openings in Vancouver, so like <laughs> you know, like and I think there might be more in the future. So I, you know, I give props to the Rangers for putting out that statement. I thought that statement, you know, hit hard. I thought it it hit harder than Tom Wilson when he sees a 140 pound guy on the ice. Like it 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 was a great statement from the from the Rangers put out. But let's. Let's move on. We don't do a lot of NHL talk on the show here. No, we well, this don't. One we had to. Yeah. This this is a freaking DFO coming through on the podcast. Yeah, man.
0: Corporate Dave. <laughs> talk Corporate about the whole Dave. league.
1: What are we doing here? Can we talk? Let's talk the comments. I was, I was just, just yeah. about
0: to. I was right. just about to say. We uh, Damn, I had a good segue and a little joke based on something you said, but now it's out of my mind. So, AHL affiliate coming to Abbotsford. Canucks strikes to do this eight years ago unsuccessfully. Now they are bringing their AHL affiliate to Abbotsford. They will play in the Pacific Division once the Board of Governors has their meeting on Thursday and approves it. They're expected to. Um, Can you fill me in with
1: something? You might know this yeah, more yeah, than yeah. me because I'm not. I'm you know I'm an island guy. Is it the LEC or is there like an? Is is Langley and Abbotsford like the same arena? No, there's no, there's no, an no. Abbotsford Event Center as well. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. So I don't think it's called it the Abbotsford
0: LEC. Event Center. I think it's the Abbotsford Center. Okay, I think it's just called that. But yeah, the LEC is where the Giants play. Uh, but Abbotsford and Langley. Have you
1: been to the Abbotsford Center? Like, is it nicer than the LEC? Like, why wouldn't they no, go to the LEC? I've
0: I've never been to never been to Abbotsford. Okay, because I, know I like different... Langley
1: Event Center is nice. I've been there for a lot of Giants games, and, and I like it in there. You know, they're in different cities, right? Like, you know, Abbotsford. Yeah, but I is thought they were like east. right beside
0: each other. I, I just they I still are, don't know. But you know, people in Mission can drive down. Clo- you know, Abbotsford's closer to Mission. Uh, like, you know what? Actually, Maple now Ridge. that I think
1: about it, I know where Abbotsford is now. Cause, because Abbotsford has the Arby's <laughs> Abbotsford has the Arby's and, and that's man like I, I don't live like I'm already out in that way anyways oh. I'm in like the White Rock South Surrey area so you know it's not the worst drive for me and every single time I, I hope the Arby's is open late I hope it doesn't close at 10 I hope it closes at 11 I can pick up Arby's after every single <laughs> Canucks AHL game that I'll be going to next year
0: basketball field. and I'm putting
1: it out there I put it out there on Twitter if they need a guy for color commentary I want that. I want to be able to do that.
0: Well, that... Oh, that was the segue. Me and John
1: Abbott. Me and John Abbott, man. There you go. Lucky Abbs is going to be the guy. Unless he's going to Seattle.
0: That was the segue that I was actually going to use. When you said there was openings in Vancouver, I was going to say there's going to be some openings in Mm -hmm. Abbotsford as well. And I tweeted this yesterday. But, man, like, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a job. You're lucky enough to have a job working at the radio station. Well, I have a couple of, like... I have three thirds of a job. Yeah, fair, fair, very <laughs> I fair. I have one job that can support me. I have
1: three thirds.
0: Yes, exactly. But like, that's what I'm saying is, you know, a lot of people, and this included you and I, when we were starting out working day jobs, grinding away at the Canucks, at Canucks army, at different blogs, whatever we were doing, uh, doing the podcast, all that sort of stuff. Like there's people that are, you know, most of these people that are blogging are working day jobs, right? It's not easy to make this your full-time thing. And with the AHL affiliate coming here, there's going to be positions opening up for, you know, like you just said, color commentary, which I really hope you get that. that I think I think they'd actually attract some more listeners to the broadcast. Uh, Have I told
1: the story of what I used to do when yes, I used to do color. Yes. then I can't tell do Patreon? that.
0: If you do, you No, you told them on the No main I show. will be doing it on the main. You cannot main do that if you're on AHL broadcast. It makes the broadcast better. All right. It really tell does. tell everybody because I'm sure somebody doesn't know what you're talking yeah, about.
1: Yeah. So when I used to do I used to do color in the BCIHL, uh, a little bit in the BCHL, uh, Vijhl, all three of those leagues. And what I used to do is my roommate would text me sometimes two words a period, sometimes three words, sometimes just one. He would text me words that I had to slip into the into the broadcast, and they they range from a variety of different things. And I've I've done it on a couple radio hits as well. when my friends are listening to me, if I'm being hundred percent honest. So I'll, it's just fun to try and like get to the words and use them. But I remember like using popcorn shrimp and like saying Fortnite and like all these things that I'd slip into the broadcast and the play by play guy had no idea. So like I, I would go off on some tangent as the color guy, when the play stopped and, and bring myself to say popcorn shrimp or BC fairies or something random on the broadcast, it was fun. And I would, I would still do it. If I was doing it for the Comets or whatever the Abbotsford team is going to be called. what Do you have a favorite name? Abbotsford Apples.
0: Remember, Apples? I sent that to you right away. Uh, I, I'm not it? I'm not married to the idea of Abbotsford Apples. It was just the first thing that came to mind. But I've heard some good ones. Zach Lang, the yeah. news director at the Nation Network. Um, good follow on Twitter, by the way. Zach Lang's a really good dude. Um, he, he texted me right away and said, Abbotsford Aces. Like, it should. Oh, I like that. I love that name. Like the Abbotsford like aces is really nice. Plus, Like
1: it just, it sounds like an AHL team, but you know, yeah. like I thought, I, I don't know if I've seen like, it's not going to be airplanes, but some sort of air thing. Cause the Abbotsford, you got aviators, the double A aviators. People were aviators. I like that. Yeah. yeah. But aces is good. Aces, aces is really I, good. I'll
0: take aces over aviators. Aces is the best one I've heard so far. Yeah. I, I like aces too. I think Zach was kind of hit the nail on the head there. I, I really like aces, but yeah, I've heard a lot. And, uh, yeah, couple couple things. Phil, Phil. Oh my gosh, I don't know his last name. I don't know how to say his full last name. Figs. Phil Figs. He goes by Phil Figs. Second year go. student at uh, BCIT, doing his practicum with us at Canucks Army, which he's graduated is, man. Yeah. Unless yeah. you fail him. Well, no, he has to do his practicum with us, and I'm not going to fail Phil. He's great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's he's doing an article right now that'll be up tomorrow morning. Just I I don't know how many he's going to come up with, but he's just basically I told him to go look up Abbotsford lore, and now he's looking up like. He he really likes the name Abbotsford Tulips because you know they have the Abbotsford Tulip Festival, right? Sure. Yeah. So the, no, Abbots, no idea. <laughs> the Abbotsford Tulips as a as a potential name, but I don't think that'll be one that sticks. But yeah, It'd be Phil's, cool to have some fun with it. But really,
1: Aces is good. Aces like, is good. It's a Aces layup sets you up to have like think about it. You can have like a Hearts, the Ace of Hearts. You can have a red jersey. You can have a black jersey. You yeah. Kind of do both of those things. Like, man, I, I like that. That's the I haven't heard that one until you just said it, and that that's now my favorite.
0: Yeah. Me too. Yeah, Zach. Zach kind of hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, but um, okay. So HL affiliate that's going to help a lot. Uh, they are going to play in the Pacific Division where most of the teams are in California. So travel is going to cost a little bit more, but you know it's not our money. So I think it gets
1: (laughs) balanced out with them with Aquilini
0: having ticket sales now. Yes, you know, getting getting fans in and not having to pay for players to take airplanes from Utica to Vancouver. When they get called yeah, up, sure. Well, that's not that much. <laughs> no, it's not. But I, I still, you know what I'm saying, yeah. right? Like, you know, well, now I believe that there's. Well, there's sorry, been I did two hundred and fifty people already sign up for season yeah, tickets. Yeah, I saw people signing up for season down. tickets. Yeah, which is great. Um, but yeah, what I was saying, I didn't mean just the costs of <laughs> moving a player. I mean, like yeah, the like one, benefit of just driving an hour. to rogers arena right like you're look the leafs do this all the time with their ahl team right like the way they maneuver the cap is by calling somebody up like an hour before the game and you can do that now if you're the canucks you don't have to wait i know in a regular season they don't have to wait a week or two for a player to get up here but you know in a regular season they still if you call a player up he's not getting here he's not ready to if you have a game tomorrow and you call a player up he's probably not going to play in that game like He's going to get in late. He's going to have a time zone change. He's going to need some time, right? So this will help the Canucks for sure. Um, And yeah, it's just, it's good for our city. It's good for our province. It's good for the Fraser Valley. And by the way, I've seen some people floating it out there. They should call it the Fraser Valley instead of the Abbotsford blank. Because there's going to be a lot of fans coming from around the Fraser Valley, right? Like you're going to get people from Chilliwack, right? And, you know. Go to, with the BC
1: Lions approach. You know, it's not the Vancouver Lions. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, I don't hate. I don't hate that either. Yeah, I, I think that that. But I don't, then it doesn't it, Fraser, Fraser Valley, Valley Aces, Voodoo. Fraser Valley Voodoo. Fraser
0: Valley Aces doesn't sound as good. Abbotsford Aces sounds good. I want that does. to happen. It does. But if it's not going to be Abbotsford Aces, Fraser Valley Voodoo. Pay homage to the it's good. Tell Vancouver you what, Voodoo.
1: Shout out to to meet my folks on the island. I know we got a lot of listeners in Victoria. The Fraser Valley Salsa. Bring back the salsa. Wow, the salsa is the. Best logo I've ever seen for a hockey team. Jordy Ben played for the Salsa. Jordy Ben did play for the Salsa. Yeah, I don't
0: think his brother did. No, I don't think so.
1: He, I think he did. He had a little. I think I remember seeing he had like a six game stretch or something before he went to the Dub. Amazing, but man, the Salsa. I'm pitching that idea. That's for sure. That's still the best logo I've ever seen. Uh, It's also the worst logo I've ever seen. (laughs) But yeah, I think you know, I was I was on Utica Radio right before we started recording here, talking with those guys, and you know they like. They asked me a few things like what have I thought like literally just my like whole thoughts of what the Canucks having their affiliate in Utica was like and I just thought like I thought back to those videos of maybe two years ago three years ago when they were in the playoffs or even during the playoff run like pushing into the playoffs and seeing like hundreds of people wait there for the bus to get back on a road trip. And like cheer on the comments, cheer on these Canucks prospects, cheer on you know Thatcher Demko when he was the goaltender for them. You know even back with you know second year of the comments, I believe was was Jacob Markstrom's playoff year, and just to see the support that they had in Utica, like yeah, the situation with like where they were located was bad, but when you like when you're actually in there and you're talking with these guys and and just like everyone that I've dealt with in Utica has been so great. And to hear what the fans were like, to see what they were like at the games, to see how nuts they were getting. It could have been the, the all-you-could-drink nights that they had. Those those get fans going for sure, but good move by Utica on that. Hopefully they bring that to Abby. I might not be a media member if it's all you can drink. But uh, like they had really good support. They had a really good relationship with, with the city and the fans and the team that they had there. Not the best spot, I don't think, for the Canucks to have their AHL team in Utica, just because, you know, it was nice to them to get so many games in. And this year especially. Like if they're up here this year, they ain't playing a lot of games, right? Like they would have to be down in a you know bubble or something in California or playing against guys in California. But just the travel wasn't bad. The travel was cheap. You had so many teams around you that it was a good situation. But this is a this is a big win, I think, moving forward for you know, Canucks fans that are in the Fraser Valley or in Vancouver, they want to make the drive or want to support this team and want to see, you know, the next Cole Lind or the next Jonah Gagevich, next Mikey DiPietro. Heck, you're probably going to see Mikey DiPietro there next year. That's exciting to know. And for us with coverage, like I, you know, I'm going to be at every single AHL game for the Canucks when they're in Abbotsford because it's it's like my coverage of that team is going to be, you know, 10 times what it was over the past few years of me trying to cover this team. And I'm excited for that. But at the same like you just gotta say, like, man, what they did in Utica was they did a lot of really good things in yep. Utica. And a lot of people like to rip on the comets because they didn't get prospects up. We didn't see Jonathan Downs succeed. We didn't see Petrus Palmy succeed. And and man, I think they've turned the corner a little bit with these guys. I think they've done a lot better job with the Cole Lins and the Jonah Gadgeviches and the Mikey Di I think they've done a lot better job over the past couple of years. I think Trent Cull has learned a lot about how to develop prospects over the past couple of years and I hope that he's part of this group moving forward. And uh, it, in the end, it's a huge win for British Columbians. It's a great spot for Canucks fans that live near BC. And I don't think the Comets are... Or, or, sorry, I don't think the city of Utica is going to be that bad because I think they're getting the Devils.
0: They are. They are getting you the know, Devils. It sounds
1: like they're getting the Devils. Um, Robert Ash was on right after me, actually, uh, on uh, ESPN today in Utica. And I, I don't think he confirmed it because he can't, but like... It sounds like they're gonna get the devil's so they for the Utica. Fans, the Utica devils. And you know what? It's one of the it's one of the top cities that listen to our show as well. So we appreciate everyone. That's probably big shouts to Corey in uh, yeah. the Run the Bus segment. But Utica's up there in some of our most listened to. So I hope that we can still, you know, hang on to some Utica fans as our listeners.
0: Yeah. We uh we appreciate every everybody in Utica that listens to our show. I actually didn't know that. So that's uh it's pretty One of the top American cities. Interesting. Seattle does good. Seattle. Oh, we're <laughs> gonna lose some Seattle fans, I'm oh, yeah, sure. Pretty soon. Lisa. Yeah. Lisa, though, Patreon subscriber. Yes. Probably our most. Lisa. Lisa's, Lisa's uh, the best. Yeah. Most uh, prolific.
1: Uh, I can't wait till the border opens. Or Lisa said she was messaging me the other week and saying that she wants to come up here for Canucks games. A huge Canucks fan. Yeah. I was like, yes. And then when I go down there, we're going to Jack in the Box. <laughs> we're going to yes. what are the other Bella's Americans? is Fair. Going of that or how do you how did dolly wall say this week fellas stairs fellas
0: no what did he say it was bad. no bell bell ferris or something something <laughs> yeah, like that it, it was yeah. wrong you get wrong. down to the
1: states i need to go down there i need to go to jack in the box one time i missed a ferry coming back from a seahawks game because i wanted to stop a jack in the box so bad <laughs> that we missed the ferry by like 10 minutes i had to sleep in the ferry lineup oh like my gosh for that night so that, that was a tough look but man to get back down there you get the arby's you get the five for five at arby's we don't have that up here in canada yeah you go down jack in the box you get the the two
0: tacos for 99 cents amazing sign me up wow okay well the last thing i want to say about the hl the thing that i, I was thinking of my cynical mind went <laughs> to uh Louis erickson i don't know if you remember we we talked about this before chris but we were talking about how oh a lot of people were saying oh if you just threaten Louis that he's gonna have to go down to utica and ride mm-hmm. the bus he's gonna leave well now Louis is gonna be flying to california yeah. You know what I mean? Not
1: a bad gig. (laughs)
0: Not a bad gig. You got
1: $6 million in your pocket (laughs) to spend. Exactly.
0: It's not a bad gig. So I think, you know, Captain Louie. Let's talk about
1: Louie a little bit. We never talk about him on the show, but like. You know, the idea has been floated out there that when he gets that $3 million, he only has $3 million left. You don't think there's any chance he steps away from that after think next there's just, a
0: chance. Look at what's going I on this year. I think the chance right? decreases a lot now because that they're in Abbotsford and does. he can go to the Tulip Festival with his kids before a game. True you that, know? But He's but not they don't Utica. live up
1: here. They live in Dallas, right? Yes, that's right. So, I mean, it makes a difference because the city's, you know, Abbots yeah. Abbotsford's probably a Better, nicer city for weather and everything to live in than Utica, I mean, and then California, to man.
0: Like he's gonna be nice. in California all the time. Like that. That doesn't sound that bad. Like it sounds a lot better than than. But what do you, know, you think
1: about this season? Like the way that we're seeing Louis. Like we're seeing Highmore, McEwen, exactly. We're seeing all we're these seeing, guys. We're, we're seeing but we're them not throw seeing
0: everything them. against the wall and see what sticks. And they're they're refusing to put in Louis. Louis, a guy done. who played in the top six last year. Yeah, Louis done, Chris. There's no way. There's no like, and they need you know. They're putting Cole Lynn in the top six, as they should. Louis doesn't have a future here. Like, it, it's over. It's
1: good. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not the making Erickson the argument for him, by the way. Yeah, I like, know, I know, I know. It's, it's still kind of not shocking, but like a lower case shocking that he's not getting a chance. Yeah, well, I, I think that's fair. While well, you see Highamore, you see VC, you see Howerleck, like all these guys. Literally everything. Literally everything. Yeah. Well, you're going to see Jonah Gadjevich over him probably yeah. pretty soon here.
0: As you should. As, as you, you should. should.
1: Absolutely. It's just, I, I'm not like. I'm not surprised that it's happening, but like I just didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, that it would fall this bad. Give well, give
0: Travis Green props. He's playing totally. the kids. He's playing the kids. Absolutely, and, I'm and down it, for that. The thing is, is Travis is very, you know, he makes sure everybody knows they're still trying to win. And you know, we we said it before. Or you said it. Cole Lynn gives you a better chance at winning a National Hockey League game than Louis Erickson does, no matter yeah. where he's playing. And it's hard to disagree with that. So. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I I don't know. It just, like, Louis done here. And I think him walking away for that money, the odds of that happening definitely decrease with the Abbotsford announcement. You know how much, like,
1: and I don't know if this matters to him, but if he does walk away from that money, that's $6 million on the cap. For the Canucks next year. That's huge. You know how much Canucks fans would like like people, like you go on Reddit. Like the, the funny stuff about Louis Erickson on Reddit, he would be a god on Canucks Reddit if he just walked away from the contract. Matt, okay. He'd he be would, an absolute god.
0: That 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 would allow the Canucks to go get a top four defenseman, to go get a top six forward, one one or the other, right? And we we've talked about the holes in this lineup. Is there and, two years left after this year? No, no, no. It's final year is next year. You sure. Yes. No, they're yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. One more year, one more year. He signed it in 2016. Right, yeah, that makes sense. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. I'm just counting on air, which is really nice. <laughs> that's what uh, people love. That's about what the, the people. Show, that's yeah. what the people come for. They, they, they demand come for me it. counting. Yeah, and I was using my fingers while doing that. But yes, um, yeah, that's uh, that that's yeah. gonna be interesting to see for sure. But yeah, that that is the last year of the deal. So good to know. But uh yeah I, I I don't know Chris I thought the odds were low before but then I was thinking like look he's been on the taxi squad basically all season uh, like he would be in Utica if it were normal times and maybe that is more discouraging cuz he's you know he, he doesn't want to be there and he he's going to be riding the bus now He's now he's going to be taking planes to California man like that sounds pretty I think nice a lot of his his future depends on if if he's going to go back to Sweden
1: or not like I feel like that might be something mm-hmm. that's weighing on it like he doesn't get an NHL contract after this. After this contract's up, right? No, I don't think he so. he doesn't get a one-year, one million dollars. Maybe deal Boston.
0: Maybe Boston takes a flyer on him. Put him what, in the bottom six. See what happens. He'll be what thirty-four by the end of it. Yeah, that's crazy that Louis not that old. Like that, he, he's old. Don't get me wrong, but he's not that old. Like his his production since signing that deal would not suggest that he was like in his early thirties. This this off season, We're going to need
1: content, and one of the things I'd love to do is, like, spend an episode just, like, exploring the Louis Erickson and Canucks relationship from, like, start to finish, like, you know, from the World Championships when they was playing with the Sedins, and they were ripping it up just to, like, to where we've gotten now. Sounds like a very
0: depressing exercise.
1: Yeah. We'll bring some drinks. Yeah. Some parallel beers.
0: Maybe put that on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Canucks Combo. $5 $5 tier gets you all the bonus content. $10 tier gets you into the monthly giveaways that we do. Um, we're going to be sending out at the end of the month too. Yeah. Fire those back up. Again uh, too. Marcus and Gene are winners.
1: Yeah. They're going to get it here soon. I've been uh, for Gene. I know he's listening. I've been putting away a bunch of Washington capital cards for him too. There you go. For him and, and his son, Marcus there. Uh, who, by the way, every time I see Gene talking about his kid, his kid's going to... i got to start watching when his draft year is. His kid's ripping his it up. His kid rips it up. Yes,
0: his kid is ripping it up. It scores awesome. like seven goals a played game. He played goalie one game. Gene, Gene posted yeah, a picture so of him playing goalie, him. which uh, made me smile. Longtime supporter, Patreon supporter. Gene. Yes, like since the start. He's been there since the start. So good we appreciate dude. you, Gene. Uh, other than that, Chris, I guess we should... Do you have a prospects report? Like nothing really happened. There's nothing. There's no one to talk about. Yeah. Okay. No
1: prospects report. Linus this week. Carlson
0: signed a contract. Yes, Linus Carlson. Yes. Get updates from him. We didn't really talk. Did we talk about Triamkin on the last episode? I don't think we did. I thought we have a ban on him now. Yeah. We. Yeah. Triamkin ban. Yeah. We'll. Triampkin's not signing with the Canucks. If you haven't heard already, I'm sure you have. But uh, yeah, I think the uh, the only other thing is our friends at Odd Shark. A little betting segment, Chris. Do you have any betting advice? Okay. Uh, okay. I do want to mention. Play now, BCLC, sat gives props. Uh, they have a deal right now, or not a deal, a bet you can make with plus 19 odds. I'm not sure if the odds have changed because they lost last night, but plus 19 odds that the Canucks will not win another game this season. I don't take it. They're going to win a game. Jack Rathlin's going to score his goal, and his first goal of his career, and they're going to win the game. And Thatcher Demko's going to get one shutout before the end of the season. I'll one-up you more. I heard this on Pucks on Net. Uh,
1: we met a rash. Let's talk Botchford Project before we close yep, up here, too. sure. But I met a uh at Botchford Project, and he's, you know, I've been listening to Pucks on Net for years. This is a question that I think Ryan Hank asked uh, them. Do the Canucks win, which is more likely to happen, the Canucks scoring two or winning two games this year or Huglander doing the the Michigan goal? Canucks win two games or Huglander pulls that move off?
0: Huglander pulling the move off. You think that's sure. more likely than two Absolutely. wins? I Absolutely. guess there's nine games left, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he saw Ennis try and do it the other night exactly. too. Exactly. I think that,
0: that, that might have got the wheels turning a bit for home Under. Yeah. Especially, especially, you know, earlier on, he's afraid of losing the puck. He's afraid yep. of making a mistake trying to do that, right? Cause, you know. That's Remember who was really good at it though, Zach McEwen. Zach McEwen
1: was Remember pretty the good sp- at it.
0: That Spinorama one he did. I think yeah. I caught
1: the video. I think I tweeted the video of that. I think I tweeted the video of
0: that actually. What? Yeah, I think it was me that tweeted. Yeah, it was definitely me that tweeted it. Doesn't sound like you p- taking video just, at training camp. That's yeah. Not you. You're just piggybacking off me now. That's me. Wait till I get to AHL games, man. Oh man, I mean, that'll the be fun. Yeah, you'll be clipping a lot, I guess. Yeah. Okay,
1: let's talk botch for night. It was so awesome to meet. It um, was. I've both of us have met Lachlan before. Yep, we know Lachlan. Um, exciting stuff with Lachlan in the future you yep. say?
0: yeah we can say that he's Save coming it. to Canucks Army I uh, recruited him he's yeah. coming to Canucks Army I'm pretty excited for that stoked for Lachlan to come yeah. to Canucks Army yeah um, Bontra Project Night was fantastic uh, it, w- it was really cool because you know you and I were there a year ago so you know, it was cool for them to kind of see that we were in their position just a year ago. And then we're just there as media members yeah. in the press box watching a game. You know what I mean? Um, like that, that was pretty cool for them. And you know, it it was cool for us too. Cause we were just kind of sitting there like, wow, that was us a year ago. And like, I, I was, I was thinking back to my night. I was so nervous. I had short hair, man. It was, it was crazy that like, I just, I was thinking back to it and it was just, yeah, like that was, uh, that was it. Was so weird because I was just I felt like I was so different. Like I was still so unsure about all my takes, and now I'm just like, "You love he's never going to be a top four defenseman." You know what I mean? And I don't know. It's just it's it's crazy to see how much I guess we've grown. Well, you um, get such
1: a confidence boost from it. I mean, that's yeah, that's one of the things that I, I mentioned. to All of them is like you know, like this this is a good time for you to to really lean into the content that you want to put out, right? Like the they, this is a huge opportunity for all of them and getting. I got a chance to talk to all of them for some one-on-ones. You know, got to take the, the Will Smith picture with Clarissa. That was <laughs> a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, meeting Arash for the first time, you know, like I, I think I DM'd him when I found out that he was the Botchford Project, but we never talked aside from that. But, you know, I've listened to him on Pucks.net for all this season since he's been added to them, and it was great to to meet him and, and see. Also, just like, how nice is it to, like, see people in person again? Like, you know, like, obviously we can't, like, go out and hang out with them and stuff. But I think just seeing another person that, you know, like in real life is like just a really cool feeling with what's going on in the world. So that was good. And I think Lachlan kind of even talked about it on his podcast, uh, that it was just like, it was so nice for him to not like to see people that aren't like your coworkers, like in real life, right? Like that was really good for them. And, and yeah, I think, I think we talked about it when we heard that they were announced, but what a great, three selections absolutely cat like, nailed it cat nailed it she absolutely sure. nailed it everyone that that was there to make that decision and can i can i just say something about ryan beach as well ryan beach uh, was C, he, he was yeah we'll talk about that in a second but <laughs> tell you what ryan beach that suit that suit screamed i'm rich that suit that he was wearing did you see how he looked so good he did look pretty dapper he yeah. man that's i don't know how much suits cost i bought one for like 800 bucks Last month, I feel like that was expensive. I I don't even want to know how much that suit cost. He looked... I t- Beecher was looking like a 10. Okay. Wow. Beecher, I, I he looked good. He had pointy shoes on. You see how pointy his, shoes, his shoes were? shoes were pointy. God, yes. he if he would have stepped in the wrong spot, he would have kicked a hole through one of the chairs at Rogers yeah. Arena.
0: Yeah, I was, uh. And you big leagued up. I didn't mean to. I felt so bad. Cause, so bad. So what happened is I was talking to Lachlan and, you know, Ryan comes up and Ryan, I, I met Ryan on my botch project night. obviously we, uh, did the Warzone tournament with him when God Out was with us or whatever. Um. So, you know, he he went up and said hi to me. And I was like, hey, Ryan. And, like, I thought he was going to hang around. And Lachlan was still talking to me. So, like, I turned away from Ryan to keep talking to Lachlan because I thought he was going to hang around because there was a bunch of us there. Uh, and then... I just hear everybody go, oh, and I like turn around and Ryan's sitting there with his elbow out and like walking away from me. Well, he's going, Yeah, he's going for the elbow bump because he can't yeah. shake
1: hands or fist bump or anything. Yeah, he was like, and I was sitting in the perfect spot to watch it happen. I was like up in the right, right beside you guys. Oh man. And I watched him just let that elbow hang and you're just leaving Ryan hanging. Oh. I was like,
0: oh my goodness. Oh, I felt so bad. Anyway, brutal.
1: anyway. Left Ryan hanging like he did when he was my editor at Canucks Army on articles, not doing anything. <laughs>
0: Oh man, yeah, I like I like to bug Ryan about that, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was that was a fun little moment from the Botford project. My favorite
1: part's been able to like, well, since both of them have had their botch. Well, Clarissa hasn't because she doesn't have a podcast. She's she she obviously made her emotions pretty clear on Twitter though, and but like hearing uh, you know hearing Lachlan and hearing Arash, I listened to both their episodes this morning um, as I'm sitting at BCIT doing sports updates. And just to hear them, the way that they were talking about it, like, it took me back to, like, how I felt when I got to do that Botcher Project Night. And, like, you know, just like, what it means to be, like, selected for that and to be one of the people that gets to go through that opportunity. And, and not only, like, gets to do it, but, like, their work got them to that point yeah. of getting in, getting the opportunity to do it. And just to hear their emotions. Like, it, it brought me back to, like, kind of like what you said about, you know, the chance that we got last year and everything. so i'm so happy that they were able to to pull off the botchard because i think for a good portion of the season it was probably in question if it was going to happen or not and from all the returns from all of them uh it sounded like a, a successful experience through through COVID as well so i'm super happy they got to go through with it
0: yeah and absolutely. I'm, su- I'm
1: damn happy i got to meet clarissa in person
0: yeah me too what a gem yeah, she's great. I already knew she was because we DM quite a bit. She's kills my it.
1: girlfriend's favorite follow on Twitter.
0: I know. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, she she kills it on our social media. But absolutely, one thing I wanted to bring up before we close out here is this article I'm writing right now. And it's just about remembering Botch and his legacy. And basically what I'm doing is I have like, man, I think I have like 30 people now. Just, you know, I have Kat. I got Travis Green. I got a quote from him. Uh, just a Whole bunch of people just giving their personal kind of stories about botch and just what the botchford project means to them because this is the second year it's been around. I know you did an article about botch's impact on the whole market, uh, for your botchford project story, and it's kind of like it, it's similar to that in the sense that I'm really showcasing how many people like everybody in the press box you look around, everybody was helped out by botch at some point, except for obviously a select few. Um, the thing is, like, you see the people in the press box at all those guys like we
1: haven't been in a ton of games, but I've heard a Botchford story from every single one of those yeah. people. Like I've heard a different story from every single one of those people about
0: Jason. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I just wanted to read, uh, Jason Bruff's little response that he sent because yep. this is just an excerpt from it. Cause he, he wrote a lot. Uh, but this was, this was something that I was, you know, that this was advice that I got not, I, I won't reveal who gave it to me, but you know, I'll keep that as a personal conversation, but you know, it was basically about going all in on your opinions and just like, you know, not before when I started out, I was really into, okay, well, I don't want to be held accountable for this. So, like, I'm going to make trap doors. I'm going to say, well, this might happen. But, you know, with the Triamkin thing, I, I was, you know, I was married to that take. Like, I Triamkin's not an NHL defenseman. I said it once. I better ne- never say anything otherwise. You know what I mean? And I was a little worried when he started to have a good start to his season <laughs> in the KHL. I was like, uh-oh, I hope I'm not wrong about this one. Um, but this is, this is what this is Bruff said. He said, at the end of the day, what Botch understood best was the entertainment value of going all in with an opinion. Who cares? He's 34. Might have been my favorite moment in Vancouver sports radio history. You need courage to go all in with opinions because you risk ridicule if you're wrong. And that's an important lesson for any aspiring member of the sports media don't play it safe. If you've got an opinion, say it. If it turns out you're wrong, just admit it. Don't let the ridicule get to you. Embrace the mistake. Learn from it. Have fun with it. And if it ever does happen that I'm wrong about something, I will definitely take that advice. That's from (laughs) Jason Bruff, Halford and Bruff. But yeah, that's one excerpt of a response that will be in this article. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I think the article is going to be going up on Friday morning. So I am pretty, pretty stoked for that. Good. I'm excited to uh, to read that. Sounds
1: a lot better than you breaking down every single one of Rathbone's shifts.
0: That was that was fun. That was a fun exercise. I was taking notes during the shout during out the to game. another Botchford project. Uh, yeah, Cody Stevenson Cody out, really uh, yeah. came in clutch. Yeah, it was great, cousin Cody. He's yeah. great. I actually reached out to
1: Lachlan about how to clip better because I'm I don't know what's going on with my computer, but it's just everything's coming out laggy right now, and it sucks cuz like did my whole life advice? is just tweeting out gifts. <laughs> <laughs> so like I I don't I don't know what to do. I'm going to lose all my followers now and I'm going to be a nobody. You're going to kick me off the show.
0: Oh man. That, that's so funny. I I could I could never do that. That that'd be crazy. I I was thinking about You literally that. can't by the way. You can't kick me I off know. the show. I know. I I don't think I don't think legally I could. I think we have too much we have too much kind of uh <laughs> together to, i think that would just screw everything up for both of us if, if one of us left the show that's all good we've been podcasting
1: for this long we haven't hated each other yet
0: yeah which is which is kind of crazy we've even really been it. mad at each other
1: once no i don't think so you and i are not really people that get mad though Either i am
0: but yeah not at you well you're more I of like a little
1: spaz mad person i feel like yeah damn, you don't get like, like <laughs> real hard mad you get moment spaz mad Yep, that's, that's fair. That's yeah, very fair. I think fair. I nailed it with that one. Yeah, I don't really dwell I, yeah, on yeah, I've stuff, seen what yeah. happens when you, uh, when you push a four, a group of four in war zone. <laughs> I don't think that's, uh, that's probably the, the most mad I'll see you.
0: Yeah, very fair. Or the golf course as well. Yeah. This is dragged on for a bit. Let's, okay. uh, let's close it out here. Very fun to be back in the studio with you, Mr. Faber. Feels for, good, man. I yeah. can cut you off like this and now you'll stop
1: talking. And sometimes I just talk and you just, you keep talking on the other end. Now I can stare at you and you'll stop. It's good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's nice to be back, Chris. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Probably going to be remote again, like next week. But yeah. we'll uh, we'll figure it out. It was we nice. We might be able
1: out. to do this weekend again. I'm at, I'm at BC. Well, we're at BCIT right now for our practicum. Yeah. So we'll see.
0: We'll see what, what, happens. See what happens.
1: I think uh, if people like the audio, let us let us know. And reviews. Hey, let's talk reviews. Let's talk okay? reviews. I'm getting I'm getting dumped in the reviews all of a sudden for some reason. <laughs> Apparently, I'm just an average podcaster and Dave's just the everyone's hero. All of a sudden, you guys don't need to drag
0: one of us to, yeah. to compliment the show. Like like you Chris can drag and I both compliment of us. each other's strikes. Like I know Chris is better on air than I am. Yeah, but me like, too. We, we compliment. other. <laughs>
1: We but compliment each other. You can edit better than me. That's I can edit better than you. I, I can, can probably do, run faster than me. Probably run faster. <laughs> you're a worse golfer than me. I don't you're, know if that's true. Yeah, you're a much worse
0: golfer. Well, that's fair, actually. You're putting. Yeah, my putting. Oh, uh, don't even is, get me started. Don't even get me started. We'll this. We're for going. We're going. We're going on Friday, and then we're yep. and then we're going to do the show. Yeah, which we, is, can, we can do that. Yeah, you know what? Friday, we're back in the studio, folks. For Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Hello, thank you for calling Thomas
1: Drank.